Hey friends, Instant Disney Dad here. Welcome to episode number three of my podcast, where we talk about everything Disney, tips and tricks, product reviews, and obviously much, much more. Uh, back from my trip here, where we actually attended Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween, one of my favorite times of the year, and we're going to talk about uh, that actually in the next episode, where we have a special guest coming in as well. But today's episode, I want to talk about three topics, and this is just because every time I go there, I think to myself, there's a lot of people that don't know about some of these items or may kind of forget about them if they were aware of them. One is uh, tips and tricks when uh, purchasing those nice, expensive, beautiful Disney balloons. You know, the ones with the Mickey ears or uh, Toy Story, uh, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, they definitely have the Star Wars ones. Also, bus etiquette. So, you know, basically what you should be doing when you're on the bus or using the Disney transportation to travel to different parks and to hotels. And of course, uh, first time we've ever done it before, my wife and I finally decided to review some of the foods and the beverages that we tried at uh, Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. So we'll talk about all that here and maybe more depending on time. Like I said, every every episode is 15 to 20 minutes long. Uh, so we'll get started right after this. The brand new intro. You are listening to the Insta Disney Dad podcast. From Disney tips and tricks, must-dos, product reviews, special guests, and more, this is your weekly destination for everything Disney. This is the Insta Disney Dad podcast. All right, so let's start off this episode today with topic number one, which is balloon tips and tricks. When going to Disney World, obviously... Disney World or Disneyland. It's it's very easy to get sucked up or suckered into, I should say, buying those expensive balloons. I mean, I've posted many photos on Instagram. If you're not following me yet, make sure you do so on Insta, at Insta Disney Dad. Uh, but you see all these balloons. And I mean, these guys and these gals are selling these balloons. I mean, they got probably 50 balloons in their hands at one time. And they're costing you anywhere from $15 to $25 a pop. If they light up at night... They're definitely going to be around that $20 range, $25 range, depending on the balloon that it is. But anyways, I see so many people buy these balloons. And what happens though after you drop that much money on a balloon? You carry it around the park for a couple days. Decide, time to go home. You can't bring it on the airplane. They'll actually let you get it, uh, they'll let you get it past the security checkpoint though, which is hilarious. But you can't actually bring it onto the airplane. Also, what happens if it pops while you're in the park? I'm going to address that right now. So, first things first. If you buy a balloon and it pops when it's in the park, or at any point in time in your trip, all you have to do is bring the uh, the dead balloon back. And I'm going to be very just blunt about it. We're just going to call it a dead balloon. There's no better way to put it. But bring back the carcasses of that dead balloon uh, to one of the balloon people. They'll take that uh, balloon carcass from you. Or the dead balloon, whatever the best way to say this is. I, I know it sounds a little, uh, little dark, but the positive side to it, and the, the light at the end of the tunnel for this, see what I did there, uh, is to basically, they're going to give you a different balloon. They'll give you either the same balloon or they'll let you pick out another balloon. Um, and sometimes, depending on the balloon person, we, we experienced this ourselves. We had one of the balloons, you know, with the beautiful Mickey ears inside of it. 
and my daughter popped it. Uh, she was just hitting it really hard against uh, one of those metal railings. And trust me, first of all, I told her not to do it. I know everyone's like, well, it's all about the parents. Well, no, I told her not to do it, but let's face it. She's two. She's playing with the balloon. That's what kids do. Well, it's nighttime and the expensive balloons have come out that have lights in them and that do cool things. Our balloon guy was so awesome. Jake said, hey, not a problem. Here you go. And she got to pick out the balloon and it was one of those balloons with the lights in it. Now, I will tell you, there is an off switch on that, parents, because when we get into bus etiquette, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But just a reminder, there is an off switch for that balloon. So you can turn it off or you can just change the speeds of it, etc. So now we talked about what happens when it's in the park. Let's talk about what actually happens, though, when you are going to the airport. Not many people know this, but there's a Disney store at the airport where you can actually take that balloon and they will deinflate it for you. And they'll take it apart and they'll actually send it home with you. And the reason why that's valuable, and I mean, I've got many of these balloons at my house now, is you can bring it back and go to a party city or whatever the party store is. And they'll actually reinflate it for you. Obviously, they're going to charge you, but you didn't just waste $15, 20 $30. And I mean, I see families that have five kids and every kid has a balloon. That's $100 right there in balloons. Don't be one of those people that I've seen at the airport before they take they take a pen and they stab the balloon and pop it right at the airport. Not only is it going to shatter to the kid's heart, but it shatters your wallet. So reminder, A, if it pops while you're at a Disney park during your stay, bring it back. Bring it back to one of those, those balloon people and they'll help you out. They'll exchange it for an actual one that works. Or I should say isn't dead. And the same thing when it goes to the airport. You're going to travel with it. You want to bring it home. I know you do. And your kids definitely want to bring it home so I can annoy you at the house. Let them deflate it for you at the Disney store in the airport. Right now in Orlando, that store is going through renovations. I believe you have to go to the South End store, uh, which is literally just down the hall. But they'll take care of it for you. No charge. Put in a little bag for you. And then you just bring it to a party city so you can keep your balloon for future use. So... That's my balloon tip. I've told many people on my uh, travels when I go there because I've seen people experience these two same things already. So please make sure when you buy the balloon, you remember this tip. They're probably going to forget it, but don't worry. We'll probably talk about it again. So that's that tip right there. That's my balloon topic today. Let's keep the episode going and let's move on to topic number two today, which is... Bus etiquette. And I think we should just call it transportation etiquette because when you stay on Disney property, you have the ability to use a boat, um, depending on where you're staying at, uh, to get to like Epcot and Hollywood Studios and also Magic Kingdom. Uh, you have the ability to use the tram. But one of the most popular ones, though, is the bus system because that is the primary way of transportation. Um, we always usually stay at like Pop Century, Art of Animation, um, uh, Port Orleans, Riverside, or you know French Quarter, uh, and we, we mix it up quite a bit. But depending on where you're staying is also going to determine on what mode of transportation you're going to use. And like I said, for us, majority of the time it's the bus. Um, we'll see what happens once the Skyliner opens up, though. The Skyliner is opening up on uh, September 29th. Actually, I got some photos and videos of it as well, so I'll be posting that on my Instagram. Again, make sure to follow me at Insta Dad if you want to see all my posts and videos. 
But we experience this all the time, especially when you're traveling with a young child. Uh, you're going to the parks, you're trying to bounce back and forth, and parents, you know this more than anyone, traveling with a kid can be exhausting, especially if there's a stroller involved. Now, if the kids are old enough of where they don't need a stroller, your life is a little bit easier. But when you're in line, you're waiting for that bus to come after a tiring day of walking around the park. I get it. You don't want to stand anymore. You just want to get on that bus and sit down. You want to get your kids on there. You want to relax a little bit because it, it does get to be exhausting. I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it for you. But you need to remember what, what you should have been taught a long time ago. I'm one to always stand up. So when we get on the bus, after I fumble around and I'm trying to you know fold up my stroller... My wife's grabbing my daughter. I got four bags on my shoulders. And I can't get this dang stroller to, you know, fold up the way that I needed to because everyone's like just kind of pushing you down the lane to uh, that turnstile to get onto the bus. But then I get on the bus after struggling with the stroller. And there is men and young boys. And I mean, not, not young boys at the age of, you know, like one or two where they need to probably sit down. But we're talking, you know, I would say the age of seven and up. Sitting in chairs. And there's no reason why a guy needs to be sitting in a chair when there is women and young children on the bus. And especially when a woman is holding a young child. And don't call me sexist, whatever. I don't care because this this is where I think we still need to remember some of what we were taught when we were younger is if there is someone that is holding a child or it's a woman or an elderly woman or even an elderly old man that may have trouble standing up, especially when you're trying to hold your balance while being on a bus, give up your damn seat. This frustrates the hell out of me. And I, I'm sorry that he used the word damn and hell. It's supposed to be, you know, family friendly, but this is a very, very irritating subject for me because there's no reason why by my wife should be holding my daughter as I'm still, you know, I got four bags and I'm holding on to that stroller as a lot of the guys are on that bus too but then no one offers to get out of their chair just do yourself a favor you'll, you'll even feel good about it too I mean consider that your good deed of the day if you see a woman or someone holding a young child that might probably need a chair offer it up to them um, that is just one thing that really rattles me uh, another one that's, that I'm going to talk about actually I brought it up prior was with the balloons. So, during the daylight, it's not as annoying. But when you get on a bus and you you have your kids that buy those flashy, you know, you know, little novelty items. I mean, whether it's the balloon, whether it's the, you know, the Elsa that has the spinning dress or the, you know, the flashing light wands. Um, I mean, whatever it is that, that can be bright and annoying when you're trying to be on a bus, put it on a single color. Don't have that thing just flickering on and off on and off. First of all, you never know if someone on the bus has epilepsy. And two, I didn't use a fast pass to go to a rave when I got on the bus. So let's um, let's just be uh, cautious of everyone else on the bus. Let's just try to be nice. And let's let's think about other people. Um, that's kind of my complaints about being on the bus. Now, the other thing complaint that I do have is when you're trying to board one of these different uh, modes of transportation, like I said, you know, I, earlier I used the example of fumbling with the stroller or, you know, just trying to get on the bus. Well, first of all, don't walk around people. I had this happen to me multiple times 
this past trip. And <laughs> I was just folding up the stroller and I would have groups of people just go around me, which it was to the point of where I almost didn't get on the bus with my wife and daughter. And I was going to have to wait for the next bus because people were rude and decided that they were just going to cut around. So don't be one of those people. Everyone's going to get home. Everyone's going to get to where they want to get to. It's just, it could take a little extra time, but honor the system. Be, be polite, be nice. And hey, if I'm looking like I'm struggling as a parent, maybe I need a hand. Maybe, maybe just offer out a lending hand to help out for a second. So that's, uh, sorry, I, I think that kind of turned into more of a rant a little bit, but I think it needs to be talked about. I think people need to be reminded of bus etiquette or transportation etiquette and just to be nice to other people. So that's that for today. Let's move on to topic number three. Epcot Food and Wine Festival tips and tricks. Now, this was definitely uh, one of my favorite days that we actually had while we were in Walt Disney World. And it wasn't just because of the Food and Wine Festival, but because I got to spend time with my wife uh, without my daughter. And don't get me wrong, but parents, we know, you know what I mean when I say that. It's, it is nice to have that adult time. So while Epcot, you know, is great for all ages, the Food and Wine Festival is definitely geared more towards adults. And so having my mom come with and having her be able to, you know, take Aria to the pool so that she can go swimming and uh, grab breakfast, a little bit of lunch and stuff before we went to Mickey's Not So Scary that evening um, was definitely, definitely awesome. My wife and I had the ability to just walk around and laugh and try foods and drinks and also review them, which we are going to be posting uh, those reviews as well. So make sure you follow me on Insta uh, at Insta Disney down on Instagram. I know I'm a lot of shameless plugging there, but you got to follow me. I need to build my followership up a little bit. So if uh, you have friends that, you know, might want to see stuff on the regular of Disney and it's pretty much primarily Disney, except for, you know, I might toss in some of the uh, experiences that I have while I'm at Universal Studios as well, because people do get those two mixed up. But still, um, it's going to be there and just tell people to follow me. I definitely appreciate the, the recommendation to your friends. So anyways, Epcot Food and Wine, the best ways to do it from what we experience and also from surveying some of our other uh, travel friends as well. First of all, when you walk into Epcot, you, you can't miss it. There's these giant kiosks that have the Epcot Food and Wine passport books and they're free. So, you know, we grabbed a couple. We grabbed one. Uh, we each grabbed one as a kind of a souvenir, a little memento. But then we also grabbed another one where you can mark down and write uh, kind of your thoughts on the different foods mark it up a little bit, but that one is definitely not one that I want to really save after I finish my review videos, but we were able to use it to navigate around the different lands and to see the different foods that were available. You know, whether you're doing it in, uh, you know, Japan or you're going over to Mexico um, or France. I mean, France is awesome. And I got a cool story about France as well. That'll share in another episode, but Epcot food and wine was amazing. The portions are great because it's, they know that people are going to try to just taste multiple different foods. Um, and also the beverage sizes are, I would say, very fair and adequate. And so is the prices. I mean, I know we're all used to going to Disney or, you know, you've heard people talking about going to Disney and it's like, you know, $13 for chicken fingers or this and that. Well, we got pretty full off of just a couple samples and we only did five. We did five foods and five drinks. And we were stuffed afterwards. But 
I think we spent as much as we would have if we had bought a meal for the entire family. So it was, it was pretty awesome. So first off, so you get your passport book and then your next step is you need to go and to keep your spending under control because you can really get out of control with it if you don't have uh, a way to kind of track it. Go buy yourself a souvenir and they have these, uh, they have these gift cards and they have little, um, like little wrist lanyards. I can't remember what the name of them is, but they look like, um, not scrunchies, but they got the little, basically they got the little tassel on them and then they are actually a gift card that says Epcot Food and Wine Festival. And you can load it with the value. We just put $100 on it because we figured, eh, we'll probably go through 100 bucks. I mean, it's Disney. But that way you also have a souvenir to take home with you as well. And remember, and it's, and it's actually pretty cute. Um, you can reload it. You can use it all around Disney if you wanted to as well. So, for example, that day you did not spend all of that $100 or whatever value you put on the card. You can use it anywhere in Disney. So, buy yourself a souvenir. Do something else with it. Uh, that's that's one thing that I would highly recommend doing is just make sure you do that because it's a it's an instant souvenir and it has a value to it and it, and the gift card doesn't cost you anything it's just the value that you put on the gift card so free souvenirs basically um but they have a couple of different activities they can do as well so obviously you can taste food you can taste the different drinks but they also have a uh, Remy's Ratatouille um, scavenger hunt and. That scavenger hunt book is like $7, but you're guaranteed that you get a cup. So we we basically got two different uh, Epcot Food and Wine Festival cups for $7, and it gave us an activity. Now, we were not very good at this activity, but it was definitely fun to at least try to walk around and look for Remy in these different, uh, in the different areas. And you have to look for basically, it's, I would say it's, it's a figurine that's maybe a foot tall. So it's not like just, <laughs> it's not very evident of where it is. So you do have to do a little searching, but it, it's a fun activity between testing foods and also just walking around and looking for Remy. My wife and I had a blast. So I highly recommend it if you're going to be going down at all during the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, make a day of it. Normally Epcot is one of those parks that I personally call a half day park, kind of like Animal Kingdom. Those two parks to me are half day parks. You. You start at them and then you leave and then you end at Magic Kingdom or Hollywood Studios. Or you just go back to the hotel and, you know, go swimming and make dinner reservations at Ohana or somewhere else. But it definitely turned into an all-day park for us because there was so many cool and fun activities. Also, um, if you look at the passport, different part, different parts of the day, uh, different countries have different acts and different shows and different things going on. So... Highly recommend doing that, taking a look at it. Those are just a couple tips that I would recommend doing to kind of maximize the experience a little bit. But think about limiting how much you want to consume or maybe going with a little bit of a plan. Um, my wife and I split everything. So we would each get something. We'd each get a beverage that we wanted to try. And then we would we basically split it. And there was multiple stuff. We have different taste palettes. So for example, like I'm a... I'm a margarita drinker, and my my wife is not a margarita drinker. She likes stuff that's a little bit more fruity, and you where you can't taste the alcohol, but it's not you know just filled with a bunch of sugar and um gonna kind of give you gut rot afterwards. So she's a little bit more particular on that on the beverage front than I am. Versus she has more of a sweet tooth than I do. So I'm more of your hey, let's go to Canada and get a you know a flaming young, or let's uh, 
go over here and try the spare rib while she's like, well, I want to try this chocolate thing. I want to try that. So go into it with a plan. Um, you know yourself better than I obviously would know you and would give you recommendations for it. But those are a couple tips and tricks from what we did. And we think it worked pretty well. Um, so definitely recommend it. And if you have questions, please hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I'd be happy to answer them for you. Like I said, I'm also going to be sharing a lot of photos. And there's a lot of video that will be coming out of us actually reviewing those foods. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. So that's going to bring us to the end of episode number three. Thank you so much for joining me. Once again, please make sure to follow me on Instagram, at InstaDisneyDad. Uh, hit me up with messages, like photos, whatever. Any, any topics you want me to cover, I'll definitely cover for you. Or if you want to be a guest host, let me know as well. Speaking of guest hosts, I'm excited to announce next week, I'm going to be uh, inviting my friend Troy Sandy into the studio here. And we're going to talk about our love of Disney. And I think actually Troy loves Disney even more than I do. Um, but we have a lot of topics that we want to cover. And we actually might record three episodes out of this because there's just not enough time in these 15 to 20 minute episodes to talk about everything that we possibly could. Also, if you're looking for uh, any travel assistance, uh, free travel planning services, hit up my friends at belldestinations.com. My trips to Disney would not be possible without them because they, they take care of everything for me. So hit them up, belldestinations.com. And as always, have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Bye, friends.